Welcome, everybody, to this week's pilot episode of Real Chumps. I'm your host, Marcel, and with me is my co-host, Danny. Join us as we break down movies, share filmmaking insights, and hilariously disagree on what makes a film truly great. Let's talk a little bit about who we are first, because we're just some chums who want to talk about reels or movies. That's what we want to talk about. And we love to talk about them. Absolutely. I think this has been a passion project secretly for both of us. And then we chatted, talked about it, and boom, we're doing it. So thank you, Danny, actually, for, for hopping on this train with me. Well, you know what, Marcel? Um, it's funny because this year was the year that I was like, I'm going to try to produce all sorts of content that I can because I've always kind of given myself the like leeway. Oh, I'm working other jobs or I'm doing whatever. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing something this year. I, I don't care what type of content or what it's going to be like, but I'm going to do stuff. And so I was really happy that you reached out to me and, and to do this because I've, I've done other podcasts that's always stopped, but I'm excited to just like take all the years of production and doing things I do. Oh, yeah. Um, so a little bit of background for me, uh, like you said, I've always loved, I love podcasts, I love movies, but I own a production company and I have been doing video production for the past 10 years and have been in this realm. And so, you know, the idea to make a film, make a movie is something I've always wanted to do. But I love the internet because we can just create something and get it on the internet and cut out that middleman process because there is a lot of that in the film industry. And we'll, we'll probably get into that into oh, yeah. some some movie or so whatever. Also, not a very critical person when it comes to <laughs> movies. I actually just love watching stuff. So it'll be really interesting to see where we differ on opinions when it comes to some films. And, and with that, you having a production company, having been trained, okay. I'm just your average Joe, okay? I took two semesters of filmmaking thinking I would want to be a filmmaker. After two semesters, I was like, nah, this isn't for me, okay? So I'm just like your average internet guy who's on Twitter. I'm not, I'm not, okay, maybe step back. I'm not the average hater on Twitter. There you go. But Fair. I do like to be on there. I love movies. I have a passion for it. And so I will give you your average insights. Whereas Danny, you're going to provide us some incredible insights. I'm I sure. sure hope so. I sure hope so. And if not, you know, you might disagree with me, but... It's all right. It's all right if you disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're chums here. Uh, I actually had, this is a question that I heard in some other podcast that I wanted to ask you mm -hmm. before we started, which was, um, if you could only have one movie to watch for the rest oh. of your life, because today's premise of the, of, of the main topic of today is like, like our favorite or a movie that really impacted us or like is a favorite, but that's not necessarily the movie you'd watch. Right if you had only one movie to watch for the rest of your life? I mean, I used to play Stranded Island, right? So pick your top five movies. Oh yeah, okay. But it's been, it's been like a good five, eight years since I've played this. With that in mind though, um, I think, look, I absolutely love Ocean's Eleven. Ooh, that's phenomenal. That's a phenomenal series. It's yeah. just, Great. I, I love the interaction with the characters. I love how it was written. Um, to this day, you can argue that Steven Soderbergh tricked the audience into believing one thing, but I just love the twist at the end. Yeah. And, and it's just one of those movies that if it's on, I'll let, always let it play mm. in the background. Mm. Always. It's awesome. I agree. I agree with that one. I was trying to think, I was trying to go, I was like, I would almost not want to go with something super, super like produce produced. Mm-hmm. But like, I kind of wanted something that like was dumb enough that like, if I, that like, if I just, if it came on, cause like a movie would come on, but that's the only movie I could see, that'd be okay watching. And I think 
it'd be probably one of the Fast and Furious movies. Okay. But it's because, because like, I love the characters. <laughs> and at some point, you just like, like, if it was like on, I'd be like, oh, I watched it. And then if I stopped watching it, like, I'd be okay. But I'd also be okay watching the entire films. So unless it, unless it was any, the, the last film, which I don't consider as part of the franchise. The, the Hobbs and Shaw one? No, no, no. Hobbs and Shaw was okay. Okay. It was all right. I mean, yeah, we can get that in another episode. But uh, the final one that would like, they go in space or something, like the eighth one. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I, I didn't watch that one because I heard, I just didn't want to. I was like, no, my ending was the 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 seventh one or whatever. Anyways, that's probably what I would go with. Good, good or John Wick. That was the other one I was trying to debate on. Yeah. Just because John Wick is just like, it's a straight adrenaline. Oh, yeah. Maybe, you know. Maybe that's what I wouldn't do, would need <laughs> if I was like living a life with only one movie. Must must have been a really boring life. <laughs> no, it's it was a life full of action. Yes, there we go. There we go. Well, hey, um, for you viewers, we kind of want to talk a little bit about what the format of this podcast will be. Yeah, we're not going to be you know week by week talking about what's happening week weekly. Rather, we're going to talk about movies, break down maybe series. Uh, we will kind of break things into seasons. Yep. Uh, we'll, we haven't talked about if we want to do X number of seasons yet. Nope. But that also will give us some flexibility. Yep. And, and for you viewers to also tell us, you know what? Why don't you tackle this series or or this trilogy or whatever it is? And we'd be more than happy to do that. Part of it is because we are both family people. So yeah. we have kids and um, you know wives. So we want to make sure we have a balanced life. So uh, we will do... For this first little bit, we'll probably cover just movies and kind of just go from there. And then, um, like Marcel said, well, we may, you know, dive into the the whole series section or maybe like um, we'll talk about specific scenes, you know, like talk about like what's a favorite scene or moment in a film or a series of films that we want to discuss and something like that. So we're excited to be doing that. Um, if you have any ideas of things you would like us to cover, leave them in the comments down below yeah. or send us a message on anchor.fm. Real chums. My hair is bugging me. <laughs> <laughs> so today we will have a segment every every time we have a uh, show where we discuss some of the news that is kind of happening in the film industry. And so Marcel has this week's two stuff, which are two pretty good stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, so this past week it was announced that Phoebe Waller-Bridge, famous for Fleabag, uh, she was the voice of Solos in, in the Solo movie, The Robot. She did the voice of that, that her his little assistant robot. Anyway, um, she has been hired to script and write the Tomb Raider series at Amazon. This is this is coming back off of she, I think she just signed a couple of weeks ago, like a multi-million contract for to just do stuff for Amazon. And one of the things that they've assigned her is Tomb Raider. Well, wasn't Fleabag part of him? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, and yeah. it won them lots of awards and, and great recognition. So I think this is a great move. And obviously, she was one of the writers for No Time to Die. Uh, I was. I'm trying to look up her. I'm looking up her uh, IMD. I actually didn't realize that uh, Phoebe also stars in Fleabag. Yeah. So she's the the main actress, and so which I think just emphasizes how like she how well she knows her like. The type of character she wanted mm -hmm. to play, mm -hmm. which I think is fun, because I really enjoy. I, I I was recommended Fleabag, and I was a little skeptical because I think um, what was there was something else that she uh, there was another series that she stars in prior to that's a little bit more British. 
So I didn't love that series, but it was okay. Like it was good, but it wasn't like Fleabag definitely was, it was really good television. Like I remember watching it and thinking, this is not like a normal. And I love that she would always break the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. Right. And there was like this like kidding, like this, this jokingness of doing that. She's one of the producers on Killing Eve, which I, I, I totally had forgotten. And Killing Eve. I haven't watched Killing Eve. It's so good. Yeah. It's really good. I think uh, I think I watched maybe the pilot episode actually, but I, that was one of my the ones of my um, the ones. So and she's a voice, yeah. So I mean, I'm excited for this one. I actually really love the Tomb Raider series. Um, I mean, as a kid, I had a huge crush on Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I mean, Bay for a long time because I love those movies. This is a question I have for you. Do you feel that Amazon is trying to is once once since releasing um the Lord of the Rings the Ring of Power series yeah. do you think that they're really trying to get into the game of actual like producing like top-notch TV 100% like what is some of your thoughts on like why that's somewhat important or not like why should we be focusing on it in like a perspective of like someone who loves movies yeah a uh, couple reasons i think one you're you're getting these big uh, like amazons and netflix um just throwing money at these writers and and there's there's a unique shift traditionally right uh, uh, a showrunner would come to a studio and say look i have an idea for a pilot episode they would pitch it if it got greenlit for one episode then they would air it and then they would say yeah let's do that yep. okay and then you had you know this rest of the season ran out whereas now you have the studio coming to writers and saying give us give us tomb raider what would be your pitch for Tomb Raider? Right, right. We we own this IP. What what do you want to write with it? And then they come up with eight, 10, 12 episodes for that one season. And so I think there's there's also a challenge there that and and I, I feel like this is part of like the issue with like the Disney Plus series is that you have the studio coming and saying, make us Obi-Wan Kenobi, not that Obi-Wan was bad. Right. But make us this show. There is no pilot. There is no test audience. It's just we're going to dump a bunch of money at you. Yeah. And then you have problems like Book of Boba Fett, which, yeah. in my opinion, had that first that first episode, the first two episodes, the whole series was just not, it was just challenging. It, it, it lacked. It lacked. It did. I'm and, not, you know. And yeah. I think in a traditional, you know, uh, setting where you have a writer coming to a studio and pitching, I am confident 10 years ago, the Book of Boba Fett would not have been greenlit. Oh, yeah. No, I think I think a lot of shows wouldn't have been greenlit. Yeah, yeah. But I think... So, because here's here's where... This is my take on it. So, when I look at... When I look at um, what... Because Am Amazon was the least involved in original content. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had, they, had, they had produced... I mean, Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Um... Was the other one that was there was a couple ones that like they produced that were like they won awards like they were producing stuff but they weren't they were not like they were just purchasing mm -hmm. whatever that they could get to put on their platform and a lot of it was just trash like beat style movies or yeah. series like or you know things that people like maybe maybe got an award like some sundance or whatever just or some distributors trying to get some filmmakers nothing good like i would never like unless it was something that was original that came out and even then, they weren't producing a ton of content, right? Um, 
but they were okay with that because they were only really competing with Netflix. Yeah. And now the thing is that the, everyone gets a uh, prime membership with their Amazon subscription. So they were like, well, people were watching, but then it's not like a big deal. Mm-hmm. I think they got scared once Disney came into the, the mix. Now, I don't know the breakdown timeline yet, but once, you know, we had Peacock, we had HBO Max, and all these players coming into the market, then we started getting, we got what, the Terminal List, we got um, Reacher, which I really loved, Reacher. Terminal List was pretty good too, um, but I don't know if they're going to renew that for another season. Yeah. Um, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Okay. Um, And then they have, they like I just watched the, uh, this is a perfect example of what you're talking about. The movie with uh, it's got Shotgun Wedding with uh, oh with uh, J Lo and uh, Timothy. No, it's not Timothy Olyphant. It's uh, is it though? It's 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 the, one, they of, look it's the, the same. one of the two. They look Josh Duhamel. <laughs> yeah, that's dude. Him. They yeah, but they look very similar. Yeah. I was getting mixed up too. I'm also as a filmmaker, I'm terrible with names, so don't at me, <laughs> okay? But. I don't think that movie would have gotten. I don't think that movie would have gotten. You watched it? I, I haven't seen it. It's on my watch list. But. It's not bad. It's. I mean, it's, it's like a fun time, but like, it definitely wouldn't have got like relit if yeah. it was any other thing. But the thing is, is that like Netflix, they had like last year, they had a movie every single yeah. week. Yeah. And if you think about that as a production standpoint, as like a studio standpoint, like up until then, Universal Studios, I mean, they maybe produced. I don't know. Maybe like four movies. Yeah. In a year, right? You do maybe one in the um, one in the fall. Uh, sorry, no, one in the spring, three in the summer, or whatever, and then or like two in summer, and then two in during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. But like the, I mean, movies were coming out all the time. But like studios like broke it up. But like one studio to put out not only movies but also series. Yeah, I mean that. Like you said, that like there's something to be said about being able to do that as on the other side as a creative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think Amazon should be, we should be, it'll be interesting to see what they come out with it. Because Netflix has original IP that they're trying to pull in. Disney has legacy IP. Mm-hmm. What they have is they can pull in book authors. Now, what they have benefit is they have a platform to then sell additional yep. content directly from their platform in, you know, books or mm-hmm. posters or anything else. Like I was watching the, we were watching with our kids the Dr. Seuss baking show. Okay. And they have a whole website page that has the recipes. Oh, you can buy cool. all the ingredients from the Amazon. You can just add it to your Amazon yeah. car and do that. Genius. And I would love to know the data behind that. That's smart. It That's is. really cool. That's it's, actually really cool. I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah. I just, it makes me, it just, it's like, you know, you think how much has the terminal list book or the Reacher books, how many times have people gone to a Kindle and purchase that book after the fact. So I really do think Amazon is going to be a big player in the coming years when it comes to like, especially because like the Ring of Powers was a pretty great. I mean, they spent the most money, the most, the most money they've ever and that any show has ever received. No, that's true. And I mean, going back to that, and the challenge there for Amazon is to continue to buy IPs, right? Buy content. They're going to continue to do those those original stories but i mean they, they invested a lot with with james bond right yeah. um now they bought tomb raider so i think i think if they hire the right writers obviously and that's easy to say but yeah it, it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky to see 
It's gonna be well. The I thing is, see. like they they take time. They take longer to produce a series, right? I mean, between Jack Ryan season two or one and two, I think was like it felt like a. I don't know what the breakdown is, but it felt really long. Mm-hmm. And um, and then like the Rings of Power was in production. I mean, part of it's because of the, what they had to do, but was in production for a long time. Like we were waiting on that film, oh, that yeah. series for a long yeah, time. It was way too long. At least yeah. grant, grant granted like COVID hit and like got delayed yeah, stuff, yeah. but still that was way too long. Yeah, COVID. Freaking COVID. Um, I don't know if you saw this. This last week Variety released like the top fifteen streaming movies. No. Of twenty twenty two. We'll and, leave this in the show notes, by the way. Yeah. And out of those fifteen, I think what, like eight? Over half of them all came from Disney Plus. So you have movies. You have at number one top fifteen stream movie is was Encanto. Of course. Then you have Turning Red, Disney. Okay. You have Seeing Two, which was on Netflix. Moana, back to Disney. The Adam Project, which was on Netflix. Uh, Hocus Pocus on Disney Plus. Don't Look Up on Netflix. Frozen, which. How See, is Frozen still? You, you have to take into account, like the thing that that the thing that Netflix is trying to do is replicate what Disney has. Oh yeah, but for adults, mm-hmm. the thing is, is like like um, Netflix said. I think they they call it laundry um, laundry series. So or like laun- like you're, someone's doing the laundry mm-hmm. and they have a show on. Yeah. Okay. Um, so like Emily in Paris is one of those shows that like is like one of the top performers. At least from I think it was an article I read or something, but that like. They it it's a show that people are turning on, but they know that it's not some they're they're not like super tech, but it's like they do maybe it's like I think it could be that they're like it takes them longer to watch the series or something. Yeah. Whereas like other shows like I would say like Wednesday mm-hmm. binge series they're gonna yeah. watch it now. Now I have heard that Netflix is gonna go to like the one week a series release. I don't know how I feel about that, but we can talk about yeah. that. But yeah, it, it's just crazy to see like I mean it's Disney. Disney just is going to own everything eventually. But yeah, I mean... They, I hope not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was fascinating how Disney just has such a strong what? play with streaming now. Well, I mean, you have kids and kids are at home. You want to yeah. distract them or something? You know, like yeah. little girls want to watch Frozen 100 times a day? Still. After, Still. what, 10 years since it came out? I mean... That's wild. I, I mean, my second daughter, she, she went the whole... Like, my sister-in-law, her daughter's going through the whole... They want to watch Frozen all the time. It's just... they they It's something about... The whole series or whatever they just love it i've been watching it a lot this past like <laughs> three months because of my kids yep i have some i have some thoughts on frozen i i do maybe we'll tackle it maybe some other time next episode but... that's what we'll do for the next episode we should frozen. we should tackle we should okay we'll, we'll discuss this afterwards but <laughs> good stuff what give me sorry before we move on from that that love of variety what was are there any netflix ones streaming movies so there's adam so you, adam have, you have sync 2 which was on 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 Netflix. Netflix. Okay. You have the Adam Project, the Ryan Reynolds one. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah. Don't look up, which came out in twenty twenty one, right at the end. But then it was streamed a lot in in twenty two. Yeah, but that was like, see, but that's like the first like no, Adam Project was like it's like a hybrid where it's like people want to watch it because it's Adam or it's Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. and it's like, but it's still a kid show, or you know, yeah, 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 yeah. a coming of age story. But yeah. I feel like, um, was the one the Don't look up. Yeah, which I watched, and I think, like, it's just, it's a, I thought, you know, they killed it in that movie. It was uh, great. 
Yeah. Great performances. Performance. Leo was awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, what's her name? Uh, I, her name just escaped me. Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. There you go. So um, don't add us. Yeah. So, no, it, it was awesome. Um, but that's the first, like, adult. That's the first adult one there. Actually, let's the, uh, not just not just Netflix, but in that whole list, that's the first. Yeah, you're right. It came in number seven. Don't look up. Uh, but then another Netflix one was The Gray Man, which I didn't get around to. Dude, I love The Gray Man. Was it good? Yeah. I'm a huge, I'm a huge, I'm a huge action movie person, and uh, I've I've I read the book, and I really appreciated it not being like the book, mm-hmm. but really kind of staying true to the character. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that Netflix does some more Gray Man. Like, mm-hmm. I think they could do a whole like universe. Oh, okay. With the I Gray Man, I gotta get to it. And then the last one that they had came in at number fifteen was Uncharted. The Uncharted Tom, for real? It's because yeah. it's Tom Holland. It's Tom, Tom All the Holland's great, a hot girls, topic, dude. dude. Teen girls, man, dominating the movie. <laughs> Helping which, which interesting because Uncharted did not do well on the box office. It did not do well on the box office. It, See, critically, it did not also do too no, well. People, I mean, so, so it's just one of those movies that, yeah, like I'll wait for it to get to streaming to watch. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, now let's talk about some stuff we're both really excited about, and hopefully you might be excited about who, for the for you guys are watching is the new DCU James Gunn chapter like chapter one A because it's not the full. He said it's not the full chapter. It's not the True. So, so context. Obviously, I mean, you have to be living under a rock, but uh, or not like DC or something, right? I don't know. Um, Peter Safran and James Gunn got appointed to be the new co-presidents, co-CEOs of DC Studios. Um, Discovery bought out Warner Brothers, so now Discovery owns them, and they were appointed back in at, like at the beginning of October. Wait, 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 wait! I don't think I knew that. Discovery, yeah. Is this when? Is this the Discovery HBO merger thingy that yeah. that happened? That's like cur- yeah, currently happening. Yes, but it's ca- okay. Yeah, because HBO is owned by Warner Brothers, and now Discovery owns Warner Brothers. Now this is important because Warner the problem up until well, up until this point, Warner Brothers had no real direction. They just kind of like greenlit like if they saw they felt like a movie was good or like they you know they wanted to do it, they did it, and they were like there was like a weird thing where like they were trying to compete with Marvel, but it wasn't really competing with Marvel. Yeah. Because the studios and what the fans and what like creators wanted to do was very disconnected. Yeah. So that's very important to understand. Okay. And and just yesterday, so then so then James Gunn has been James Gunn, famously known for Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. Scooby Doo movies, okay. Um announced the what he called chapter one of the new DCU. And this should encompass, he said, about the next eight to ten years. But he also said that it's not all of chapter one. Yes. And he's titled it Gods and Monsters, which I love. Me too. I love. Not in real order, but no. here's here's kind of what was announced. So you have a Superman movie, Superman Legacy. Which there is a comic book uh, run of that. It's an amazing comic yeah, book run. Yeah. So if you haven't read it, I highly check recommend it you check it out. Yeah. And he is writing. James Gunn is writing. He hasn't appointed a director. I would not be surprised if he decides to re- direct this one. And I have a couple thoughts on that. The oh. reason being. But, but So you've got Superman Legacy. You have the first introduction to the new DCU Batman in a movie called The Brave and the Bold. Which I'm really 
I'm I'm kind of really excited for it because they're bringing Damian Wayne, yeah. which is his actual son, to the film. Because Damian Wayne was introduced, um, I think about maybe ten years ago now, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit less, eightish, ten, something yeah. like that. But um, he's kind of quickly become a pretty big favorite because he's he's really uh, aggressive. I mean, there's already been two animated movies, two maybe three, um, with Batman and Damian mm-hmm, Wayne. Mm-hmm. So he's made his like animation debut, but having him be part of this new era means that they're taking some of the more concurrent or the current like comic books thread stuff into what what is you know primarily always been like backtracking into like the origin with yeah, Batman. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think along with that, it's about time we get a Robin on screen. Okay? Yes, because it's been too long. It's been way too long. And second, I think. And this is not like a dig at no. Matt Reeves or or Christopher Nolan, but like we we understand the psyche of of Batman and like what a psycho you have to be to to dress up at night as a bat uh, and go out and fight crime, right? Like there's there's psychological yeah. elements there, but now the idea of introducing a Robin, a, a grown man who had no ch- idea that he had a child, and this child was raised by assassins, and now he has to teach this kid about like no you don't kill just because they're a bad guy even though like yeah the means could be good by killing them you don't right so i think it's introducing on screen this dynamic of a father figure for 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 robin and and batman and bruce wayne and just kind of navigating that so i'm super excited for me too what i also appreciated with this is that they're they're not demolishing anything else that this can be produced like the batman it's it was announced this morning yesterday Yesterday, that the Batman Part Two, so it's like the continuation of the first Batman, the Matt Reeves, yeah, uh, Matt Reeves Batman, where, uh, is going to come out in 2025, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm excited about that. I, I love that they have this else world, like they're exactly. okay with this. Like, there's other stuff that's going to be produced, and but this is going to be, which honestly I think is going to be good for them because oh, yeah. it just helps them say, well, this is a continuity that we want to help produce in storyline, but doesn't mean that other people can't come and pitch or you know, like the studio won't, you know, produce or greenlit some other series or whatever sure. that are has always been doing well or could do really well in the future, mm-hmm. you know? If you haven't seen this video, so he introduces by saying, you know, we're going to kick off the DCU. We're going to continue to do uh, the Elseworlds, which will be Matt Reeves, Batman, yep. Joker, and Teen Titans Go. That's yeah. Elseworld. Yeah. And then he said, this year, 2023, we've got... We have Shazam. Shazam. We have... Flash. Flash. We have... Uh, Aquaman 2. Aquaman and Blue Beetle. Oh, yeah, Blue Beetle. Okay. Which I'm excited for Blue Beetle. And then we'll get into the DCU, the actual DCU. He did say, though, however, that the Flash will serve as kind of like the... The reset. The reset. Which, which we've kind of known and, and makes sense. It makes sense. Which could be... I mean, probably is the reason why it was delayed. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Because it was delayed. I mean, it was supposed to... Well, I mean, there's a lot of other things that go into it, but... I was actually reading this the other day. Someone, I think... I think we're coming up on... I don't know if you ever saw The Flash, the series. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's like on its final season. It's final season. But someone said on, on online uh, that The Flash is coming up on its final season. Season nine, eight? I think so. And it's interesting because... The Flash movie was announced like a month prior to the Flash TV series. Correct. And we still haven't gotten the Flash movie. Yeah. It's been eight years and we just can't get that movie out. But, uh, you know, there's other stuff there. (laughs) 
But uh, okay, so we've got we've talked about Superman Legacy, Brave and the Bold. You have Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and I think that's actually he mentioned that's going to be one of the last movies. Um, yep. You have the Authority. The Authority is is a unique group of superheroes who who think the world needs to be reshaped. It's really cool. I I've read like like, like an issue a long time ago, and and, and just I, I'm gonna dig back into it. Is it like the boys to a degree? maybe ish yeah i think because my thought yeah. i mean i don't think they're going to compete with like it's because i haven't read that i haven't read that run mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um i'm going to yeah but my thought was like i could see this being because the way he described it i was like oh this feels very much like a like not like the the idea of what the boys you know like yeah. these superheroes but they're like some of them are unchecked mm -hmm. and you know like what that you know introduces whereas like what's it have to like superheroes who take initiative in their own hands rather than trying to play by the rules yeah. which which is great i, I, I think uh, and, and you're also laying like a foundation from a story point of superheroes are they good are they bad yeah you've got superman and, and whatnot so i think i think that that one's exciting Me too. Um, it's it's a it's an uh it's a book that's not like normal mm-hmm you know, not like what we would normally get with Batman or Superman. Or it's not your Justice whatever. League. Yeah. And yeah. But yeah, it's exciting. Um, next movie and final movie that he announced was Swamp Thing. Which, good. Like, that's... that's Well overdue. They've been trying to make this for years and it's well Did overdue. Did you watch the series? No, I heard it was horrible. Oh, yeah, I didn't watch it either. <laughs> I heard it was I, bad. I didn't want to. I was like, I don't know about this. Um, I mean, not that I didn't. I wanted to. I wanted it to be good, but I think I remember seeing the, the pilot episode because it was, was it CW? Yeah, I think it was, was it CW? I don't think it was HBO Max. I could be wrong. I just remember like people blasting it and it was just, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to waste my time on this. But yeah, so Swamp Thing. And then as far as like animation or TV shows, he's kicking, It's a mix. Yeah, he, it's a mix. He's kicking off the DCU with Creature Commandos, uh, which is an animated show that James Gunn has, he said he already wrote all he wrote the, the, whole, the whole series, so that's awesome. Waller, okay, Amanda Waller. I I love this. I when he said that, I legit was so happy because um, um who plays Amanda Waller? Right uh, now? Viola uh, Davis. Viola, Viola Davis as as she she is she is awesome. Legit the Waller. Yeah, like yeah. I'm like how can you like she's an amazing actress and it's being written I believe by the same people who did watch the the Watchmen TV show mm -hmm. which was also phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Right, so I think it's, it's gonna maintain, it's gonna have that like, like Waller is a gritty person. She has to deal with the scum of the the earth that these people have to put into place. Oh yeah, and I, and I feel like up to this point she's just kind of been behind the screen. Yeah, hasn't really been leveraged well. No, so I'm excited for her to have her gun. Maybe she'll do like her own missions, like be out on the field. I'm excited for for Waller. Uh, that one will be awesome. And then lanterns. I'm really excited for that which, one. That'll be great. It's awesome because they're they're introducing John Stewart and um, Hal Jordan. So yes. you'll have the two iconic lanterns, and just he, the way he described it, it'll be almost like it'll be feel like True Detective. Yeah, that's but, yeah. But with the Green Lantern Corps, which, which makes awesome. sense because like they're they're the they're, police yeah. of the universe. So they, they, their precinct is Earth. So I think I think that one that would be awesome. The fact that they made that one into a series makes me the most excited because. Um, because it, it really does lend itself to a series because there's such a vast, you know, you have the universe, you have the Green Lantern Corps, mm -hmm. you could have, you know, like 
you know having them go to another location or like having to like whatever yeah and i think that that like having that in a series format really does provide us um a great take for the green lantern and it's gonna be live action i believe live action yeah yeah, yeah. so hopefully you know it flushes out especially if you're gonna introduce two lanterns yes. in one right i think you do that in one movie it's not gonna my 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 guess is that hal jordan will die at the end of season one. Oh man because <laughs> they'll introduce some other some of the, some other new character some of the new green lantern yeah like what's the the girl name i can't remember her, her name off the oh up. yeah i'm already sad about this it's not even come out okay <laughs> i'm sorry that's that's my you know we'll, we'll put a bet <laughs> we'll put a bet um and then booster gold which has been rumored for years and they're finally doing it it's great i I never liked Booster Gold, but that's just me. But maybe it's. But I think it's, that's the character you're not supposed to like him. Like he's just a dick. Like that's what it is. He's horrible. <laughs> he's developed this cult following, and that's fine. But I think I think this this will be like up James Gunn's alley. Like it'll so. just be a goofy, fun show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This this does bring me to wait. Is there one more? One more. Paradise Lost, which is a story that'll take place in Themyscira where Wonder Woman right. is at. He he said it would be like, like Game of Thrones. Like Westeros and Game of Thrones, which I think is awesome. But it makes sense. I mean, like, like, and I think this is prior to Wonder Woman. That's what people say, but he didn't specifically say I know, so. that was the question. That was, that was the thing that I was thinking. I'm like, at what point? Because in the picture that he depicted, it has women and men mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fighting yeah so my my thing was like is this like why the island has no men mm. i i was almost thinking thinking like is this going to be like a internal political like mm. like factions within within themiscara are going to start tearing and breaking apart mm. and then you have like one group coming up and rising versus another and then i, I don't know yeah i just don't know if it's based before or after the thing is that uh, Themyscira alone is a very interesting place because it's like lost in time, but they're like super strong, you know, women. And so like it really will be, and this is towards the end of the line, right? So this would probably be yeah. what, like 20, probably 2027 maybe yeah, or something to that effect. So they'll have most of the, I mean, I think most of them possibly only one movie, maybe Swamp Thing around the same time mm -hmm. or whatever. So they'll have this established and we'll then know the rest of the next chapter because it's monsters. What was the title? Gods and monsters. Which makes sense having them being gods. I don't know. And, and I think, I mean, it plays well with DC who the duality of, of gods, right? Yeah. You have, you have beings like, like Superman, right? Who has godlike attributes and powers, yeah. but you also have like Zeus who is an actual god in the dc universe yeah. um aries and, and and whatnot so yeah. i think i think there's i think it's great i'm excited i'm, I'm so excited i think this is well i mean everyone knows this is well overdue and i for one am very excited for the future of dc content yeah because i'm gonna say it here like i prefer dc over marvel when it comes to like the comic books and most of the characters not to say i don't love marvel I'm a DC person. I'm a DC person. I love Marvel, but I, I'm a DC person. Let me, why? Why is it for you? Why do you? Why does it? 
I have my opinion. I a couple of reasons. I think growing up in the '90s, you were just exposed to DC so much. You had yeah. the Batman animated series. You had the Superman Legendary. animated series. Legendary. Justice League. You had already, you know, in the '70s, you had had a Superman movie. You then have like the Tim Burton Batman's. Um, and so like, I just felt that was so impactful, but you also had like big events like the death of Superman in 1992 that happened, yeah. right? So like DC was just so prevalent, I felt like, and so easy to access that I just, I loved one. I think I was just exposed to it more, yeah. but then I think I, I, my favorite characters are Batman and Superman, right? But in DC, my favorite characters in Marvel would probably be the X-Men and, and Spider-Man. Oh, I'm in, same, I'm in the same boat, actually. But but yeah, I, I think there's just, I think I was just exposed more to DC. You know, I fell in love with DC when I started reading the comics a little bit mm -hmm. more. So it was about when I was in college, I uh, probably spent way too much on comics mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. I should have. <laughs> but uh, I think reading the comics, I felt that they felt more re like relatably real in some of the scenarios that they faced than in Marvel. Not to say that there was anything wrong with the Marvel perspective, right. but there was something to be said about that. Like, um, I mean, there's a whole run with um, Red uh, Red Arrow mm -hmm. who gets into substance abuse yeah. and Green Arrow having to deal, help him like deal with some of that stuff. Um, so like, I mean, I just felt like there was a little bit more real and as growing as, as an adult or like, you know, becoming into a more of an adult um, realm and as a person I appreciated that a little bit mm -hmm. more um, because of that premise we will be watching and talking about um, Ant-Man qu uh, Quantumania that's a hard word for me to say <laughs> my brain does not want to compute <laughs> So, which, which I'm very excited for I, I'm excited for how it's going to continue to push the Marvel storyline I am though hesitant based on like all the trailers I just it feels like it takes a lot of place inside the quantum realm, and like I think it's going, yeah. And and it's just, but I think it's setting up uh, King. Yeah, I just I'm just kind of tired. Like I look at the aesthetic, I'm like, are we going to be inside this like quantum realm where it's like all like green, like green screen? And yeah. I just I don't know. That, that's don't know. that's my only thing. It's just like I'm kind of tired of it. Like I haven't even seen the movie. I'm kind of tired of this like aesthetic. <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, two side notes on this. This is the last little news things that I didn't put in the uh, the show notes. But um, one, um, I read an article that said uh, the Eternals was the most watched DC uh, or Marvel. I mean Marvel movie um, in the last the like for that has been released thus oh, far. Really. Um, I'll have to find it. I'll leave it in the show notes. But I was, I, which it was really surprising to me because no one really knew who the internal internals were. So mm -hmm. I was like, "What? Come on!" I'm like, "Ching Ching Chi or like anything like, come on." But I I think part of it they're struggling to set up this next phase. I, I'll, you know, in my opinion. Now the other thing I saw was that um, Hope, the one who plays Wasp, Evangeline Lily. Uh -huh. She said she like this is where this is her like peak character. This is, okay. So she was just saying like how she's really excited for you know just being like this role as a character. She is just surrounded by love. She you know has things to be fighting for. She's got like peak of success. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that like it could be that like just the performance might be really well between Paul yeah. Rudd and Ev uh, Evangeline. 
in just like how they are together. Yeah. So that's got me a, a little bit more excited to, no, yeah. to be for that. I, I am very excited. I think what's, I hate to say, like a lot of people are saying, like everyone's just kind of like marveled out, like too much Marvel. I'm I'm almost there, <laughs> but I think what's keeping me going is Kang. I think um, the actor, uh, John Washington, no, yes. I can't remember. Um, again, horrible with names. Don't add us. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think he's what's keeping me like super excited about this next phase. Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. He is awesome. He his in his version of King in, in on in Loki was incredible. In these other shows that I've seen him, he's just he's a great actor. He's a great actor. I think I, that's what's keeping me excited for this next phase. Yeah, I think the thing is like as someone who's a filmmaker. They're just doing setups. Yeah, every single movie up up has just been, um, you know, to introduce characters that may not be well known or whatever, and has been setup after setup after setup after setup. So even though there's payoffs in the movie, we know that this is not like this is not the end or whatever. Yeah. So that we're trying to expect for what's coming next, but we don't have that yet, and so it's really hard to feel like you're really invested when you. I, and I think to me, what will be interesting is once face the next chapter before we get into like the you know the second act of these of the mm -hmm. marvel series will then help us understand these first series of movies of the yeah of this next you know era i agree of marvel yeah. so it's exciting it exciting is exciting time. very exciting time really that's why we're, we're, yeah, we're, that's, we're, why just, we're here. that's why we're here <laughs> all right so uh i, I want to preface this portion of the next segment okay um when marcel came to me and he wanted to talk about uh hey i want to do a podcast movies we were talking about okay, what are we do for the first episode. Well, we could do a lot of stuff, and so I asked him, we should share two movies that are like were our favorites, but also impacted us, and we would interview each other on that. So today, were the movies that shaped us, and um, I did remember the Titans, so good, and Marcel did Jurassic Park. Yes, let's go. I'm gonna go with you for. I'm gonna interview you first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, First off, why? What? What was it about Jurassic Park? One, I always love watching Jurassic Park again. Uh, and as a filmmaker, I'm going to give you two reasons why. One, it it tells me how much um, practical really can help um, keep a movie timeless. Mm -hmm. Two, um, it's reminded me how much we've come because I literally could probably make some of those scenes. I mean, Corridor Digital, who's a YouTube channel, has a whole episode where they recreated or they did a sample, like they did some, the same sort of like techniques that Lucas did okay. for the Jeep and the uh, T-Rex scene. Mm -hmm. um, it's a phenomenal watch. If you have, I'll leave it in the show notes. Um, but, um, but those are the two aspects that I wanted to just like. I'm like, yeah, it's it's so it's it, it's it was refreshing to watch something that. Even though it was older, mm -hmm. it was still holds up. Yeah, yeah. So, no, that's great. I, I think for me, Jurassic Park, and and I want to be clear, I love Jurassic Park. It is not my favorite movie. Oh, okay, right? there you go. But it was a, sh a movie that shaped you. It's a movie that shaped me. And now I, now I'll, I'll, I'll die on a sword for this. <laughs> it is, in my opinion, a nearly perfect movie. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why do you feel that way? 
I'll break it down. So I, I think as a child watching this, again, I, this came out, which by the way, it came out in 93. We're coming up on 30 years since this movie came out. I hope they do a re-release in theaters. That would be great. To oh, go see. Dude, that'd be so good. Uh, Especially after the tragedy of Jurassic Dominion. But Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> um, but anyways, as a child, I watched this movie in theaters. I remember seeing a handful of movies in theaters before the age of like eight. Yeah. And Jurassic Park was one of those. Mm. And I think the whole movie experience of being in a dark room, the the scene with the T-Rex coming out, yes. right? To this day, like, I, I, I get chilly and, like, cold watching that scene because as a kid, the rain, the, the hitting, which the sound design alone in this movie. Oh, phenomenal. I, I, I believe, I could be wrong. I believe it won, like, the Oscar that year, the sound design team. But the sound coming in of the rain on, on, the, on the Jeeps, the... T-Rex coming out finally and then it just it just impacted me so much and it was the first time as a child where it's like where you genuinely used movie magic that the phrase movie magic for me that was the first time I started hearing it I, I would ask my parents like how is that possible and they would say uh, movie magic movie magic something with with computers right it's the first movie that used so much CGI at the time yeah and and so like they had no idea they couldn't explain it to me and it was like uh, movie magic and it's like yeah. oh yeah movie magic awesome <laughs> so so it just impacted me so much in that sense and and now as an adult it is so it is so great to watch because the nostalgia of it yes but it also breaks down in my opinion as being one of the perfect movies it is so clear the character development yes the motivations of each character why is sattler and ellie going to the to the island why are the the, the lawyers getting involved why hammond is freaking out right and it just the movie just plays really well for those two hours yeah if it's not a movie that we fell in love with in the past because i think netflix is doing this on a regular basis mm -hmm. but i think that's why some people like they just watch a netflix film and they're like, oh, that was good. But it's because we're so accustomed to having these huge elaborate, and like what I was saying before with Marvel, we're so accustomed to having these elaborate movies that are tying into a bigger narrative. narrative, yeah. and But they still have to do have a beginning, a middle, and end mm -hmm. for that film. But it becomes, like, especially with some of the most recent Marvel stuff, it becomes lackluster. Oh, yeah. Um, to a degree, mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, it was a good movie, right? But, you know, like, well, what's going to happen next, right? You're, you're, you're not finishing the movie and saying... That was good, right? I feel like Netflix movies is, is the place where we're getting that now. Mm -hmm. And I 100% agree with you that like Jurassic Park, when I watch this, one, I'm like, oh, this is just, okay. it's like, there's the setup, there's the there's the the conflict, there's the payoff. There's the payoff. And you're like, you're good. And, and no, I don't know what the breakdown was, but I don't know if they were, you know, it wasn't a time where like, we're going to have, we're definitely going to have another movie. It was just like, it was done. It was like, this is what it is and we're going to be there. And I, I wanted to touch base on this. It won Best Visual Effects for it award Academy Award. So can the Academy Awards for Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Editing. And, best editing. and I think these three things are the un. These are the unsung things that help. I mean, performances, directors, and and whatever are definitely a huge impact. Yeah. But the sound mixing and the editing have such a huge play into how we visually get an experience that in sound particularly and i think that's why it holds up so well is because even though the special effects you know if you like are looking at it what if you turned it off without sound i'm sure you'd be like oh yeah that's like but the sound you get so immersed exactly i, I mean we for i mean everyone's seen jurassic park 
we all know the sound when the cable breaks. Oh, yes. That, 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 it's engraved in us. Yeah. Thank you, sound mixing. And, and not just like the way we, the way as humans, we have identified or think we know what sound, what dinosaurs sound like yeah. is because of dressing. Yeah, even, even though like in the last 30 years, scientists <laughs> are saying like, oh, they probably sound like birds. Yeah. But, but like, no, a, a, a dinosaur, a T-Rex sounds like the T-Rex from, from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Right. And then if you ever see like the behind the scenes, like they talk about like mixing some, like the sounds of alligators yeah. and like yeah. all these different animals to get the sound of the T-Rex or the, or the sound of the, of the raptors, that high yeah. squealing, like, you yeah, know, yeah. came from like a dolphin and, and like, and, and other animals. So it's just, the sound mixing is incredible and it's engraved in my mind for the rest of my life. What's your favorite scene in the, in the movie? Is it is it that the the T Rex car scene? I think, I think my favorite scene. I think as a child, my favorite scene was seeing Doctor Grant and Sattler and Malcolm. The the first scene where where the camera just pans over and you see the Brachiosaurus right, and the music is playing and and the valley and like oh, actually seeing dinosaurs. Yeah, on seeing dinosaurs. And, and you're you're about like thirty minutes into the movie when you yeah. first see that. No, it's it's a the, well. Not only that, I was gonna say the T Rex with the car scene. Mm -hmm. That's a really long scene. Oh, very, very long, and so smart to not have any music playing. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those things that I I forget about that scene. That like any other any other movie would have had like the big thematic music and boom boom, boom right. Yeah. And this one, they decide to just no sound. We're just gonna no no music. We're just gonna be frightened by the sound of the thump, the thump, yeah. the cable breaking, the dinosaur yeah. breaking. It, it's just powerful. The and uh, we get crippled as a video editor. Um, I love video editing. That's my probably my favorite part of the filmmaking process. I like working with people. I like you know I, I produce all sorts of stuff, but um, especially with social media, we think we need to have fast cuts. We need to have you know hype music, whatever. And sometimes we just need to take a breath. And I think, like, if you look at Mr. Beast, just released a video. Okay. Um, that is, he helped cure a thousand people from blindness, hmm. and it was the most different film. You know, if you watch his the episode prior yeah. to what this episode was, it felt, it still felt Mr. Beasty, but it could feel, you know, it was very different. He had a couple other people. He it was a little bit slowed down, and I think, and he had more slow moments in that film than he or in that video than he has in any other portion, and it was it did super well. Yeah. Right, and I think there's something to be said that sometimes it doesn't always need to be go go go, yeah, or it needs to have like all the you know like you know music or whatever. Sometimes we do need to have those moments of like space, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Because if not, then how could we, as in as a storyteller, you're trying to invict or we're trying to instill some sort of sense of emotion, exactly. And uh, and I think that's why I would I probably agree with you that Drex Park does have this. It's like nearly perfect film. Because it literally takes you on that journey and gives you the emotions that you need for the scenario and you are left, you know, it rises you, you get, you know, you're like tensed and you get that release. The the like, um, what is that called? You know, yeah. Yeah. And even looking like at the end of the movie, right? They're, they're on the helicopter. Yeah. Hammond has finally come to his senses and says, yeah, I'm not, we're not moving forward with this park, right? Right. And, and they're in the helicopter and they're flying out. And then you have great decision to have John Williams score come in and play that music. And, and, and the music makes you almost feel 
melancholic yes. to, to, to it, to, to the yeah. experience that you just went through, yes. right? Yep. Um, and, and so like smart, and, and that's what's exciting about Steven Spielberg. He knows when to create those dramatic moments, yeah. like the T-Rex scene, and he knows when to say, okay, like we did it. Let's add the music here, John. And, and like the music comes in. Yeah. But going back to your question about like my favorite scene, again, as a, as a child, that was my favorite scene, seeing the Brachiosaurus yeah. and everyone getting excited. But now as an adult, I just love the, the, when they're having lunch in like the conference room and they're talking about like the, 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 the ethics of, yes. of creating yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and they're trying, I, the decision making of like, and that's a really intense scene. I think, I, I think there's a breakdown of that scene somewhere. Okay. I might, if I find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. But I remember when I rewatched it, like it is, it is a perfect, Man, this movie really is. A, I'm like, it's 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 perfectly written. Again, well, a screenplay by Michael Crichton and David Cope, just perfectly written. The thing is, like that 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 whole scene has its own push and pull between each character. Yeah, they're all trying to po you know decide what are they going to do, how do they want to go about doing it, and like the different perspectives, you know, pushing and pulling against each other. You got that tension and release again and again. Mm-hmm. It's another set of dopamine hits. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's what's happening. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, it's just, it's phenomenal stuff. Yeah. I, I think that that scene, and that's why I love Jurassic Park, because as a kid, I think the movie, it was like the first adult, uh, not adult movie, but like the first like adult focused movie that I could watch as a kid. Yeah. Right? Where I realized, oh, there's more to life than cartoons, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was Jurassic Park. But now as an adult, like you can have these conversations which are still relevant, like all of, them. A, a, of man and, and, and our use of technology. Like, should we be doing, I mean, you kind of can, like, should we be messing with artificial technology? Exactly. And what is the impact? And what is the impact? And 100%, like, that's the thing is like, it's so good. Yeah. Man. And, and, and the line from, from Malcolm, you were, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they, they didn't stop to think if they, they should. should. I love that. I I use that line like on a, on like on a weekly basis. I, I don't know. I always find a way to sprinkle it in conversation. But you you know what? But it's the it's the truth. You know, I have people come to me and they're like, "We want to do this thing." I'm like, yeah, but why? Yeah. Why do you want to do that? Um. You know, I I I think the other thing is like I love the Raptors. Oh, yeah. I love the Raptor whole scene. That alone is also just crazy to think that like the way because they had a guy. Right, like there was a person who has helped, and that's what helped make it feel so. Like you have the sound design, but then you have this feeling of like it actually being in there. Yeah, and I mean, I remember watching. I don't remember when I first watched this movie. I really don't, but I do remember that whole kitchen. You know, the the scene. Yeah, yeah. And thinking, I would, I would never want to be in that situation. <laughs> I'm like, like I would be. I remember. I don't think I had nightmares, but I remember thinking, this. Is scary. This is right, Nick. Yeah. And this is, I'm like, being like, because they weren't like, you know, the T Rex whole situation, like, they, you know, they're, they got out of there. They got whatever. away. Yeah. But the raptors were like hunting them. Yeah. You know, and like, as, as humans, we are, we have to think, you know, like, it comes back to that, that, you know, like, should they have done that? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're put, you know, we like to think we're the best things on earth. But at the end of the day, put a raptor in the same room. <laughs> And you have to question yourself, well, I guess I'm no longer at the top of the food chain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, oh, man. It's so good. I just, 
I think again, it, it can to me, it's a perfect movie if you're looking at a way to like write characters with their motivations mm -hmm. clearly laid out in in the first movie, and it's not like done in exposition, right? In in a, in a tacky way, you break down the conflict, you introduce conflict, you introduce resolution, conflict again, and then the big resolution with the T-Rex family killing the, the 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 raptors. But you, there's never like lagging in that movie, even though there are moments where we stop and, and think, and, and even the T-Rex, T-Rex is not introduced until like halfway through the movie, yeah. right? So you, you're building up to this, you know that you, you as an audience are caught in the wonder and amazement of, of yeah. dinosaurs, but you know, like, you know, like it's going to hit the fan pretty soon. Yeah. How is it going to hit the fan? Yeah. Right. And then you introduce that and it's just with the great resolution. I just think it's Fantastic. a perfectly I love, written I, I, movie. I love it. I appreciate you. You picking that movie. It's just, uh, it's great. All right. Well, there was one other question I wanted to ask, which was, but how do you hope that this movie helps? Like, how are you, do you feel like it's going to instill the Jurassic Park the feeling that we have mm -hmm. is going to be translated to our kids and to, to like that. No, no, because I think, I, I think when we saw that there hadn't been, we had never seen technology like that at that yeah. point. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, there, there had been attempts at CGI in movies, but not to that degree. And not that the CGI looks bad now; it still holds up great, right? Right, but but I think it lot. I mean, my 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 kids love dinosaurs, and 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 my oldest has been watching the Jurassic World Netflix show. Oh, she's okay. watched she's watched all seasons. Like my kid watches Dino Dana. Yeah, five times. But like they, I think for her, like seeing the dinosaur there, I'm like, oh yeah, that's. I don't think it has the same impact. Yeah. As, as it did with us seeing dinosaurs on screen for the first time. Now, my question is like, will it change as they get older? Because I mean, like, I think I, I think I feel the same way. Like, I think that like, they'll watch the film and they'll be like, like, you know, 13, you know, 10 or whatever, or whatever the age we decide, like, you know, yeah. whatever. Because my, my, my oldest is eight and she'll, I'm like, you know, she might get to a point where I might be able to watch that with her. Mm -hmm. But uh, will she will be as exciting or whatever, or will be something that like we'll watch at some other point as she gets older hmm. and it becomes more impactful because of the fact that it's just a very solid movie yeah. and it's not about the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. It's about something much greater. Much greater, which the all of its sequels, I feel like have have they not hit that no, right they didn't they they felt like it was no it's it's a dinosaur movie so yes. that more dinosaurs right correct and, and and the jurassic world movies tried to like involve more aspects of of they, uh, yeah you know of, of like but it, but they but i think this is they came back to the same thing that the problem that they i talked about at the very beginning yeah. they were trying to make some bigger perspective or world you know like impact like maybe we can make this into like some sort of like ongoing thing or yeah. whatever. I mean, they did a trilogy. It was fine. Do we ask for it? No, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it's fine. I mean, I think a new generation may feel something similar to what the crisp, you know, with these yeah. new movies, but not nearly the same. You know, no, no, whatever. The last thing I do want to say that I think impacted me about this movie was the commercialization of it after the fact. Or, no, or I think uh, no of, of Jurassic Park. I think 
it was the first movie where I realized I went to the movie, I saw I saw the dinosaurs, and then a few days later I went to the store and there's that Jeep I saw on 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 the oh, screen, yeah, right? Yeah. There's the dinosaurs on the screen. Yeah. And the toys, I couldn't have any because my, my my older brothers could get the toys, but I was too young to have the toys. Um and it was just so impact. I didn't live through the era of of a new hope when it came out, right? Where that impacted the toy industry ridiculously. So I didn't experience that. And I think Jurassic Park was my first of like, here's a movie, and you go to McDonald's and you can get a little toy there, or you go to Toys R Us and there's the Jeep that everyone loves and and the dinosaurs. I, I think it opened my mind to be like, oh wow, like this is a whole like a whole this, thing. This is a thing. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, it's called a multi, there's a whole term and a whole, like, I mean, that's what Disney excels at. Yeah. You know, anyways, freaking crazy stuff. All right. Let's Let's, transition. Let's talk about you. So you chose, remember the Titans, 2000, I think is when this came out in 2000. 2000. Um, Why this movie? That's a good question. It was, I like watched it on like a ton Mm-hmm. Part of it, I legally downloaded. Don't <laughs> don't come after me. Whatever Disney or whatever, I legally downloaded yeah. it and added it to my video iPod. Mm. And I ended up I would watch it all the time <clears throat> on my video iPod. And uh, um, I think there was something. I mean, I didn't play football. Yeah, I actually I did play one season of football. I hated it. I hated the environment. Uh, at least the the environment that I was in. I mean, um. I think part of it is because so Rev, um, not Rev, um, uh, I can't remember the the running back who like didn't do well and he, he got pulled over to the defense. Um, yeah. Um, uh, um, what's his name? No, I can't think of his name right now. I am literally so bad with. Was it Petey? Petey. Petey, right? Yeah. So yeah. Petey, uh, he gets pulled, and it's because he didn't resonate with. Uh, uh, coach right with coach herman and his like strong like he just wanted to be you know into some degree right um and i mean i didn't i didn't grow up in that environment I, my parents were from mexico like yeah i didn't know what uh and like i didn't know what uh running back linebacker i didn't know anything about football i yeah. mean i had friends who would do something like, you know what? i'm gonna try it and my mom was like okay <laughs> um I, I hated it i was but for whatever reason this movie like I saw myself in different characters and I I appreciated um the like what the fact the impact that individuals had on each other. Like mm-hmm. you had, you know, with uh Bertier and um Campbell, you know, as their friendship come together. Um the you know, Sunshine and his like out you know coming in as an outsider coming in. Mm-hmm. As a you know, as a Latino, for whatever reason, I just connect with so many characters. Yeah, and it just felt like, you know what, I can, I can help somebody. Be, mm-hmm. You know, like whatever I do, um, you know, someone might come in. I might be the outsider or whatever, but I can come in because like Sunshine comes in and he tries to him in and la you know the um, the big uh, uh, yeah uh, la- yep Louis Elastic yeah yeah you know they're they just come in they you know live in life totally just like this is how life is right yeah. whatever. Um, but it was so, you know, like the fact that it was that time period was so divisive and whatever. Um, I don't know. Just it was it was just a really impactful movie. Also, just the film it was just uh, character driven, right? So like <laughs> a lot of really strong characters. Denzel Washington does a fan- 
phenomenal. Incredible job. Incredible job. Just wow. You know, it just resonated so well for me on like some sort of like spiritual soul, like sure. spiritual like aspect of it. And I remember watching like I turned it on and I was like, oh, I love this movie. Yeah. I was like, this is and like, you know, it's not it's a I mean, it's a, it's a sports movie. It is. It's a sports movie. Hands down, you know, from front to back. But there, you know, I think that the fact that there's it was it had more of like a racial th- that story of racial impact was it just I don't know really strong for me. I think that's that's key because I think up to that point, like, uh, I mean, Hollywood has a history of of making you know movies uh, about the civil rights and, yeah. and, the, and the divide, and I think up to that point, like the only movie that I knew about like civil rights and, and, or, or like racism really was like, I don't know, glory <laughs> with Ben Sell, which it's not a movie you really sit down and, 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 and like watch it's, it's long and, yeah. and, and whatnot. Right. Um, yeah. And I, and it's so, it's a sports movie that incorporates the divide that's happening in the country. Right. Yeah. And, and I think for me as a, as a kid, I, I'd watch that. And I'm like, Oh, this is, there's, there's themes here. There's, there's something to like, mm, to like really dig into and 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 it's teaching us about brotherhood about segregation through the point of view of a small local school school yeah right and and i i also think that's what's so great about i think this time watching it as i was watching it over the weekend was this movie just starts and it goes it starts and it goes that was the thing it was, so as a filmmaker as because i was like i'm like why is it that i like this movie um, from the very get-go, you're not introduced into some like whatever. Literally, you're dropped in, and I think within three minutes, you 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 don't like the the premise is not this the the integration, the premise like the conflict, the actual like uh, inciting incident is Coach Herman getting the head coaching job. Yeah, that is the inciting incident that really is the propelling motivator for the rest of the film mm-hmm. right and um it's not the racism it's not the thing and that but but it you literally are the drop you're hot dropped into that yeah but like you're there's the 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 arguing in front of the the like store you know the the them moving in there's like the whispering with the right. you know like the whole thing herman um the conflict with herman and the assistant coach when he's like i'm here to meet with uh you know coach yost this is the time i was slotted for yeah there, the tension's already set. Uh-huh. So the fact that, like, you know, the real conflict that comes in is that coaching thing is what, you know, is so surprising. That was the thing that really, like, sort of, I'm like, holy crap, like, it is, you're not, you're right into it. You're like, you, they're not giving any sort of, like, premise or build right. up or whatever. It literally is, this is how it is. And I think what it comes, and then it comes, I think it kind of comes into first full circle when after... Uh, Coach Yost has his daughter come to Coach Herman's house, mm-hmm. and um, the the brick gets thrown through the window, and Yost is all like, you know, which you know you shouldn't antagonize them or whatever. Yeah. He's like, well, maybe now you understand a little bit of my world, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And I think really this this movie is about Yost, yeah, not Herman, yeah, in this aspect. That's true, because because Yost doesn't take a huge role in a lot of stuff. No, he doesn't. But his daughter is the pers- she gives the opening VO and the closing VO, mm-hmm. right? But you and I think what it is is that we are Yoast as film, like as as a people, as the audience, as the audience. We're we're someone who 
we're not we're not against something. We're trying to be good people because he's a good person. He's a good person, and 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 his job is being threatened, right? Yes. Like you said, it's it's not that he. The movie doesn't doesn't take a, a a point of view of saying like, oh, Yost might be a little bit racist. No, it's it's just like no, I, I'm I'm hoping to be uh, nominated to the All Star yeah. this year, right? And someone comes and takes my job, right? So there's the threat, like you mentioned. The premise of the story isn't like here we are in in, in racism. Uh, like this coach is racist. Yeah, it's no like I'm it's, a single parent, which she explained like mom which, mom walked out on us. And and I've loved football ever since, and my dad's going to be all star this year. And now someone's threatening that. I think what's also kind of impactful for me, is, especially watching it over this weekend, was like the, you know, you know, the whole scene in Gettysburg. They run. Mm-hmm. He's like, "We're not running a military man." That that scene, man, it it gets me every single time. Oh yeah, you know, uh, and in fact, like he's like, "We're still fighting the same fight there," and I would almost argue. That film, like, is it like we, even though we're not necessarily dealing with segregation or whatever, there is a, you know, all across the country, we're dealing with all sorts of other things that are still dealing with. Like, we had, we just said there was a, the, in, I, just, I lived in Memphis. There was a huge shooting in Memphis or a, a beating where one, the black guy got beat um, and then died. Mm-hmm. Right with the, these police officers, yeah. it was recorded. There was a huge thing. I don't know all the full details. So I don't want to get into it, but like those are the things that like. And then you have like Asian hate and all these other things. Yeah, these aspects are still happening. I, like I said, I think really this film is not about racism. It's about impact. You have like individual impact, and what that what that does for a community. Or even like a team, mm-hmm. a you know your working environment, yeah, um, and what how that can really have a huge impact, like you know on a large, on a macro le- uh, level rather than a micro level. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's good. I, I I think along those lines, you know, you bring up being in Gettysburg, and and that's where that impact happens is when Coach Boone invites them to just learn something new about your about yes. y- who you're rooming with right it isn't like he says i don't care what what it is just learn something right um and it's it's making those small connections individually so that it impacts the team so that way they can go back and it, it has an effect on the high school which then impacts the community yeah and right? going back to your point that's what the movie is about it's about the impact that an individual can have um with a group yeah to a group Right. Yeah, yeah, it's Man. a great movie. I, I I think and and from a perspective of like of, of the filmmaking, um, I think this movie. If you're ever lo- wanting to like learn how to like perfectly break down like Act One, Act Two, Act Three, this movie does it perfectly. I do. I yeah. Like Act One is the introduction, and it ends with them coming home from from Gettysburg, yeah. right? And everyone's happy and excited. Act two begins when, when Julia says we're we're no longer in, at camp anymore. Like we're we're in the real world, right? Not only that, but like as he comes back and he says like, listen, um, it was after the first game, we they didn't think you were gonna make it through camp. So yeah. if you don't, if you lose or anything happens, you're out of a head coaching mm-hmm, job, mm-hmm. right? So, so now we're introduced to like that, that conflict there of of this individual uh, character. Correct. Yeah. Right. And again, like the. And the conflict that uh, Herman and Yost, even though 
it's not verbally or very visually depicted. There is like Yost doesn't know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, other people probably know because of the whole, you know, the scene where uh, Yost comes back and he's like, "Don't worry, we'll take care of the," you know, he's, you know, yeah. we'll take care of everything. Yeah, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're good as, you're good as done. You just wait till after this game, right? And you'll be head coach again, and you can get your Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. And I think that's, you know, that's where we see Yost really coming in, in perspective, and he makes his decision at that moment. Yeah. Does, like what type of person to, am I going to be, right? Um, and you know, and I think that like each what's what's what is really great about this is that there is a clear um, transform. Whereas whereas in in Jurassic Park, there is a clear story mm-hmm. and there's transformation, but it's it is over the like the whole island and the story itself. In Remember the Titans, it's each individual character's journeys yeah. that have individual impacts at different times. Mm-hmm. And so you have these little cadences um, that give you the reward at different times for different connections. Right, right. And those journeys um, that, are, that that is really impactful for me, right? Like, uh, like I'll watch this. I, I, could, I mean, I, I don't think I watched Remember the Titans in... Uh, probably twelve years. It'd been a while for me too. Yeah, yeah. And but I remember when you watching it, I was just like, oh, this is this is a good. This is cinema. This is it's really good, right?" With that, what is your favorite scene oh, in this movie? What is my favorite scene? My favorite scene is uh, when Julius Campbell goes to. Carrie Bertier's house. Oh my gosh. That's my favorite scene. Really? Dude, stop. Yeah. <laughs> I have it written down. I have stars right on my mind. Go. Okay. So I think the reason why this scene is my favorite is because uh, the is it's the epitome of um, what can happen when you... Um, you're willing to open up with, you know, someone or, or, um, with, with a community or with an individual. And even if you're different, right, even if you're different and that it's still nervous, nerve, you know, you have nerves, it's a little bit like you're unsure about stuff. I mean, kind of compared to like dating or whatever, but like he, he's nervous about being in the neighborhood. The people are nervous. The police officer shows up. The cop shows up. I mean, like, like you're like, oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, um, but then having him, you know, the c- police officer saying like, "Hey, great game," uh-huh. and then going in and Julius hugging, like Campbell, like you know, in Latin culture, it's like "Mi casa es tu casa." <laughs> Campbell is trying to create that. He yeah. wants. He's realizing that the world is moving on, and he's like, "This is what my life is now." And you know what? Maybe I haven't been around this the best type of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, Cam, I mean, his mom is a single mom as well, right? You know, we don't know what Julius Campbell's background is like. Sure. Most, what his background is for his family, right? But he comes over, gives it, you know, uh, Miss Campbell a hug. It is a very short scene, but it's a very impactful scene to me. Yeah. You know, because, like, I've been in those situations. Mm-hmm. I was one of those people where, like, I'm like, I don't really know if I'm, like... Welcome here. Be, I'm really welcomed here yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But... You just like this is I'm like 
I love your son or I love, you know, uh, your daughter or whatever. And like, I'm here and I'll, you know, you're part of that, you know, uh, life. Yeah. So, you know, hi, I'm here. Right. What, what was it for you? I, I think it's that culmination. That it, it all leads up to them just having that love for one another. Yeah. And, and literally, like you mentioned, opening up, literally opening up his arms to yeah. hug his friend, to yeah. hug his brother. And, and and to be welcomed into into the home, I just I think uh, as a kid, right? I, the movie came out in two thousand. I'm I, I'm starting. I'm in junior high, about to start high school, and and, and you gravitate to your friends. You want to have that relationship. You want to have that brotherly love with with your friends, right? And to see it on screen and be like, yeah, man. Well, I think, and I think, uh, remember the Titans is. It a hundred percent is about brotherly love, oh, yeah. and I don't think like up. I mean, I don't know how many other movies up at this point. Like, I would have to like do some digging, but I don't know how many other movies have a lot of like real, you know, like people talk about like you know like sports and that causes that connection, or whatever. But at the end of the day, like men don't talk about that very often. No, I think I mean we've gotten better now. I think yeah. like you know like hey, dude, I love you, bro. Let's yeah. you know I, let's go get food. What's going on? What's happening? Whatever. But I think up until, the, you know, like the generation prior to that, like that wasn't a thing. Yeah. Right. So I think it was a huge impact, right. In, in this face that this is something that should be, and, and like, it's, it's even uh, accentuated because of the race situation. Mm -hmm. Right. It, I, I, I don't know. Every, like, I'm glad I, this, because I, I wasn't sure when, when I first said it, I was like, I don't know. What, and then when I, when you're like, okay, what's yours? And I'm like, remember the times. Yeah. Without a doubt, that's what that it. Um, I this is uh, I think part of it is I needed that movie, uh -huh. and I think it helped me, um, do some hard times, oh, yeah. in giving me the, the, the like tools in a way to help me understand or overcome some of the challenges that uh, I don't even, you know I can't think kind of think of it back, but like as a high school kid trying to come up, you know what? I want to feel maybe I, I'm not feeling connection, but I can help create connection. Great. Right. I can be that person that says, Hey, come on over. Hey, you know what? Let's, we need to get to know each other. Right. Or like, let's get to know each other. Right. Rather than like, we need to like, let's, let's get to know each other. Yeah. You know, you want to come, Hey, you want to come to my house? Let's go, let's go watch a movie or whatever it might be. Right. And, uh, um, you know, because I did marching band, and so like there was there's something about in band we had one band one sound, mm -hmm. right? No one went, in marching band you had to you know you had to move your feet, play to the time of the music, had to create formations, and if you were too loud, you know you had to blend with each other, and you wanted to be sound you wanted to sound like you know like a you know music, yeah. not just like an individual, yeah. right? You know very similar to any other sports or whatever, like the fact that like you're trying to be a team or whatever, so. I don't know. It just, it was, a. Uh, it's there. And I think like, you know, like it's, uh, it's a movie that like you can watch, you know, you can, just like, you know, you watch and you're like, man, that was a phenomenal movie. And you're reminded of some of the, like those eternal, like lessons that life can give. Oh yeah. You know, fun. I did some research after <laughs> I was like, I watched it. Gary Bertier actually had his accident. This is the blessing of movies, right? Yeah. It, it was way better that he had the accident. Mm -hmm prior to the last game, even though in, the, in real life he had it after. He okay. actually died. So they didn't say how he died. So I was looking up Wikipedia, right? He actually died from a drunk driver 
who crashed into him. Yeah, I think they mentioned it at, like at the end oh, credits, yeah, you're right, right you're when right. they're like give a quick, but they, but they, it just said uh, died of a of a, a drunk driver or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. it was very. But it was crazy. a car crash, dude. Yeah, like that guy, like rough luck. I mean, like having to. Yeah. He, you know, he lost his like, it, you know, became paralegic or uh, paralegic because of a car accident, and then died from a car accident. Died from a car accident. Brutal. That's you know what the thing is like. It wasn't that long ago, dude. 1981. When he died, yeah. Yeah. And like when all that's 1971. Yeah. You know, like it's crazy to think about like that was what, that's when segregation like the desegregation. Was beginning to desegregate. Desegregate. Brains. Words. No, that's true. It, going back to that though, I remember the first time I watched it. The movie starts with like we're at a we're at a funeral, yeah, funeral. right, and you know she's talking about it. You get caught up in like the excitement of the movie, of the team, of them making it to 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 state. That when that car crash scene happens, oh my gosh! You, you every time, every time, like it, it comes out of nowhere, and you're just you're just as a viewer, you're just kind of like whoa. Oh, we're going down this. Oh, is he the one that dies right now? And but later we find that right, it, ten years later. But it's just that's why I love this movie as well because it's just you get caught up in like the excitement, and then at the very end, oh, this happens. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And it's just going back to that brotherly love, and then when when Julius gets to the hospital, <laughs> gosh, man, every yeah. time, every yeah. time. every time I think I'm like I started watching, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna tears. <laughs> It, you know, and oh, we're only allowing you know Ken to come in. Oh, can't you see that he's my, my brother? brother, right? Like it's so good and, that line, and and so impactful. And and then you realize, okay, like this is what we've been building up this this brotherhood, this this family that they've created uh, amongst themselves, and 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 just to see the characters finally just you know give each other hold hands and really express that love for one another. Yeah. Ugh, it's so powerful. What? Uh, okay, so out of, um, yeah, I don't know. I think both these films, like, they really, like, one on one end is more about the lesson, mm -hmm. and the other is just about the art. Yeah, yeah. And I think that at the end of the day, like, that's why we end up watching movies because that's why we watch movies to degree we want to be we want to be entertained. Or we want to feel. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's, I mean, to me, that's the, that's like the beauty of this art form. Yeah. Like, I, movies, um, I have a huge respect for, for music producers mm -hmm. because they're literally, those guys are wizards. Man. Yeah. But filmmaking is like the culmination of all art forms. And, um, I think like it's sometimes it hurts me to think about, I can't think about it too much because then I get a little emotional because of the fact that like we just have so much content. Oh, yeah. There's so much out there that we sometimes forget, like we sometimes forget to like just watch a movie because it's, it can be really impactful mm -hmm. um, or whatever. Right. Or like, you know, like Netflix might put out a movie or, or Amazon or whatever. And it's actually a really powerful movie. But we don't get the same the effect way. because we, you know, we're going to have another movie next week. Yeah. We need to see the next thing. Right. Out. 
Right. No, that's true. And that's I think true. that like sometimes I miss and maybe, you know, like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting to a point where like I'm feeling more like Tom Cruise where like this is cinema, we're gonna have everything and we're gonna have you know, it's like we need like that's and and I think honestly that's what my my end up why theaters will still be a thing. Because like we have Avatar, right? Like right. you know, you, it's there's a, the experience of like what's this like in like a group together, whether you're like collect because there's nothing I mean, I can, I mean, I, I'm sure, I can't remember. I think I watched this in theaters. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we were all walking out. I'm not crying. Uh, you know, yeah. You know, but, or like, you know, grown ass right. men walking out there, like <laughs> with their wives and their wives just like, finally, finally something. You're crying. You actually have feelings. <laughs> right. Uh, but that's, that's what it is, man. It's about, it's about those two things, right? The art or the, the, being able to tell something that is outworldly. Mm-hmm. Or that is just so true that you you know like that helps make your soul feel that connection to something. Yeah, yeah. Great choice, man. Great choice. You fan of absolutely. I'm glad we did this the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Fear, fear, and love. Those are the. That's what the like. I mean, <laughs> so true. You're right. <laughs> Where can you find us? Well, we're gonna have a YouTube channel, and you can find us on Anchor FM FM or wherever you get your podcasts called real chums uh and uh you can follow me at danny dot rubio or danny underscore rubio anything with danny rubio actually rubio tv my apologies rubio tv almost anywhere on, on the internet or so i'm on twitter and i actually don't even know what my twitter handle is <laughs> yeah i'm on twitter at marcel d zero one one two oh man i wish it was zero zero seven you can you can you can see the change it. I think so. I don't know. Maybe they might have some rules now. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll look at that. Thank you guys for watching for the first episode of Real Chum. I'm Danny Rubio. Marcel. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks, you guys. We'll see you.